Welcome to the Honor It All podcast. I'm Honor Garrett, your host, and we are here to honor all that is good in the world. Each podcast, I interview top professionals around the globe who are making a difference, impacting lives, and creating positive change. Today, we have Dr. Sarah Allen, Executive Director of Brain Behavior Bridge. Sarah is a working mom, pediatric neuropsychologist, and a parent-teacher coach. She is on a mission to help parents raise happy brains. As the brain gal, she teaches people how to use brain science to their advantage. She started her practice, Brain Behavior Bridge, to help translate the neuroscience research to everyday life and help people access it. As a mother and professional, she's interested in helping kids directly and supporting the people who raise and educate them. I am so excited because Sarah is going to share some practical tips we can implement and teach our children as well. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And I'll tell our audience, number one, we met through a networking group. And it's so amazing when you just reach out and get out of your comfort zone and do something a little different. Just the blessings that come your way, because I think Sarah is such an interesting person and she's got so much to offer and I can't wait for her to talk to you today. So, so Sarah, tell us a little bit more about you and when did you first get interested in brain health and working with children? Sure, sure. So as you said, I'm a brain gal. Um, and I, I started calling myself that because um, when you say pediatric neuropsychologist, you know, someone says, oh, you're a nurse or, you know, they kind of look at you or um, if I'm at a cocktail party and I say it, then somebody will say, you know, what am I thinking? Yeah, and I and, you know, I'll have a little fun maybe here and there and I'll say, oh, well, you know. I don't know if I should tell you, you can't really think that here, you know, or something like that, but I can't really read minds. You know, I just really work with people um, to help them optimize their, their brain health. Um, And I think I got interested in this might, you know, I hate to blame it on my mother, but I feel like everything's always your mother's fault. I still, to this day, will (laughs) say it's probably whatever. I don't know how this is your fault, but I'm sure it is. Uh, But she had some great lines. And one of the things she always said was it's not reality, it's perception. And she was talking mostly about um, my social situations, you know, with girls and things. Um, But she was really 100% right when it comes to the brain. You know, the brain runs on these electrical and chemical messages, and that's what creates your reality. And so the more that I studied the brain um, and I realized that um, there's just all these connections, it's really just wires and like electrical and chemical impulses that create what you perceive and that becomes your reality. Um, And I just thought that's so interesting, so precarious in so many different ways. And so I worked in some rehab settings first in adults and then with kids. And I just realized there were just so many ways to improve your brain health and optimize that. And um, I'm big on efficiency and effectiveness and it's kind of my jam. And so when you think about the brain and you can use these tips and tricks, Um, to really optimize that brain health and perform better. Um, It just kind of became this passion of mine to to really help kids. And then more recently, you know, as I became a mom and, you know, I have a a 10-year-old and a nine-year-old now um, and my my brain goes crazy and my life is crazy, that efficiency and effectiveness became even more important for me. Um, And so I realized how important it was to really start to help kids do that. And then more recently to help parents do that too. So I, I didn't do a lot of parent coaching now for that reason. Well, it's so interesting 
because once you have kids, I have four kids, grown kids of my own, and I never really thought about the way I acted or the way my brain worked until I saw how my kids behave. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) Wow. Okay. There's something behind all this and what makes us tick and why we have certain tendencies and things like that. And the fact that we actually have the ability to create a different reality if we're not happy with the one that we have. And so, um, and we all see things differently. How many times mm-hmm. have you talked to your husband? Mm-hmm. And I remember we talk about our first date every time. And I know exactly what I was wearing. And he said, he thinks I was wearing a red dress and I was wearing a blue dress. I'm like, <laughs> how did our minds do pick that up? You know, it's so interesting how everyone has a different story, mm-hmm. but it's our reality. So I'd love to hear your tips like for raising healthy brains. Um, I know as a health coach, if you put the right food in your body, that affects your brain, but assume you're doing everything right. You know, what else can we do? Well, first you're absolutely right that the food that you put in your body really does impact not only your body, but your brain. We know that what you eat actually turns into the chemicals your brain uses. Your brain uses these things called neurotransmitters and the food that you eat creates those neurotransmitters that blew my mind when I realized that at some point, you know, it's one thing to kind of feel like your body's metabolizing something, but to know that's the brain fuel that you have is just fun for me. Um, But I would say the, my tips would, there's, there's five major things when it comes to thinking about how you're going to raise healthy brains. Um, And I'll go through each one of them, but it's creating meaning in your goals. It's not just creating goals, but creating these, these goals that align with your values. You need to connect the reasons why you're creating goals that in terms of brain health and wellness is going to be key for you. And that's going to create this longevity for your kids when they're creating goals and actually meeting them. Um, The second is becoming self-aware. So um, we know that insight is essential for change. And in order to create that insight, we need to know who we are. You know, I mentioned this before, but we often lose ourselves while we're raising kids. And so we need to also do this for ourselves, but help our, our children do this too. I mean, the first time that I can remember seeing myself on paper was maybe a resume or a college application when you have to start thinking about who you are. And that's crazy to me now, because if we can start that at a much younger age, that process of becoming self-aware will be innate in us. They will kind of grow up with our kids. So I think that's really important. So creating meaning and goals and being self-aware the first two The third one would be becoming a good thinker. We all want our kids to be good thinkers. You can Google any piece of information you want, but what you can't do is figure out what, how to think about that. So we need to teach the how and how to think and feel. That is number three. We have to help with this abstract thinking. So we really have to help our kids understand how to become a good thinker. Um, The fourth one is being open, which I know speaks to you in a sense of, you know, without this openness, we can't have insight and we can't have problem solving. We need to help kids become curious and emotionally stable and even clear minded. So for some people, it's using kind of meditation or yoga or some kind of that practice. I know you have your your own version of this as well. But being open is essential for creating the ability for kids to learn. And our brains want to learn. That's what they want to do. We seek out knowledge in the world all the time. Um, And the fifth one would be connectedness. Our kids need to be connected. Our brain connects. That's how our brain learns. It's constantly trying to grab other neurons, which are the cells in the brain and make these connections. And they have these kind of webs or branches of connections. 
Um, we even know that socialization, high socialization is preventative for things like Alzheimer's and dementia. I just think that's amazing. We've seen that people, um, um, elderly folks who dance, who participate in dance activities with other people are, have less, less rates of dementia conditions. That's, that's nuts. That's crazy to me. So it's what I call a brain rule life rule. Our brain wants to connect and we should connect with others. And that encouraging these social connections is going to encourage our brain connections too. So it would be creating meanings and goals, becoming self-aware, becoming a good thinker, being open, and then connectedness. Wow. Those are, those are five amazing things. And really, I mean, it makes sense, you know, use it or you lose it. It's like anything. It's a muscle. It's like, you know, when, if we don't exercise, um, and we lose muscle mass, we're not going to be able to live as long and be as healthy and do the things that we used to do. And it's the same thing with our brain. My mom plays bridge. Mm -hmm. um, And so that keeps her, her mind sharp and um, I, I find it so interesting, the whole aging part of it. And, but if you can start with the kids, do you find kids like, give me some examples. Are there, are there any practical ways that you can achieve maybe one of the, or two yeah. of the points about how do you get kids involved? Cause there's so much on their phones that they're not really even having conversations. Yes. Well, first of all, you said use it or lose it. And that's a really key aspect of the brain. So when kids are young between like zero and five, they go through this process called pruning. I mentioned that the connections were like branches, but that process is really a use it or lose it process. So kids are born with more than two times the neurons, the cells in the brain than adults. They're born with way more. And what they do is actually go through a use it or lose it kind of thing where with their experiences and the the exposure that we give them, the things that they use, those connections stay. The ones that they don't, those die off. And it's okay because we want some to die off because we want efficiency. We don't want more. More isn't always better. It's efficiency and effectiveness of those connections. So it really is. It really is. Yes, it really is use it or lose it. So it's okay if some of the neurons die. They're supposed to. You don't want them all clogging up the brain. But it, it, that, you know, what we give the, the kids exposure to, you mentioned phones, you know, if we have a high rate of that kind of exposure under five, you know, that's going to shape the, the nature of the brain. This is why we say really young kids, we want to try to keep them away from some of that stuff early on. Um, but when it comes to these practical tips, um, my favorite is what I call a glow and grow chart. So we're really promoting self-awareness in our kids. And so we want to ask them, where are the things you're glowing at? What are the things you're just rocking life at right now? And where are the areas that you need to grow? And we can use this as our, ourselves. I use it myself and I ask my kids to use this too. And we talk a lot about where we glow and where we need to grow. And it helps to get that balance. So creating this glow and grow chart, just ask your kids the top three things. And you can help. Your kids will need a little more guidance than you might. Um, but, but help create those glow and grow charts. And that's really going to be awesome. And then you mentioned phone too, phones too. One of the things I like to do is create one night. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, we cannot do dinner as a family every single night with everybody going all over the place. It doesn't always work. So if we can create one night, maybe Sunday night where we all get together and we do like a game night, you know, and we just are together and we create these uh, social connections. We problem solve through games and through emotions that come up. Um, That can be very helpful too. Oh, that's, that's great. We, we love family night and I have four grown kids. So they're 26, 25, 21 um, and 19. And when we were all home for the pandemic, we also, I also made each child 
make dinner every one night. <laughs> Good. Which was great because then I didn't have to make yeah. it. Um, if you're obviously, if you have young children out there in the audience, you, it depends on what age they are, but you could actually help them to start cooking. And that's a whole nother way to kind of engage. Start them. with tacos. Kids can make tacos at nine. I'm telling you, it's great. Okay. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Or spaghetti. Um, (laughs) but I love the glow and grow. I'm going to use that with my own clients. Uh Uh-huh. It's wonderful. It's really wonderful. It's funny because some, sometimes you have difficulty, you know, different clients have different, different issues with it. Some can create a glow chart a mile long and can't do the grow. And some can create the grow a mile long and really struggle with where they glow. Uh, And it tells you something about yourself and it tells you something about your kids. Um, And you can always ask a friend, you know, what are my, what are my superpowers? What are the things that I just really, am really, really good at? Um, if you have trouble with that glow side and with the grow side, trust me, if you ask a couple of people in your world, I'm sure they'll help you out with it, <laughs> especially your kids. They'll, they'll help you. <laughs> well, it's great because, you know, when I, when I work with clients, it's like, what's going well for you and right. what have you been struggling with? But honestly, glow and grow, that's like so much more positive. I mean, I, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to use it. Yeah. It comes from a growth mindset approach. You know, it's not something that I created myself, but it's something I felt the same thing about. It's just to grab that. It's just the perfect way of, of, of helping everybody in the whole household have this growth mindset that you can change. You're supposed to change you. You do that over time and, and that's okay. Well, so let me ask you this. How long does it take to master all these things? Or does anyone ever master it? Do you spend time teaching these concepts or like just providing kind of a toolbox that people can draw from? Well, you know, each client is, is very different. Everyone starts from a very different place. And I would say this is the whole point is to give tools for people to use in their life forever, right? Like you said, you never really master these concepts. Um, but self-exploration should be something that you do all the time. So we, but we generally start with the idea of self-awareness, you know, and, and finding our glow and grow. Um, because when we, when we do that thing where we lose ourselves as individuals, we can't properly parent, you know, you can't parent from a half full cup. It just doesn't work. And so we really need to start with ourselves. So I always say, I always start work with a parent first and say, okay, let's find you as an individual. And then let's use that same process and find your child as an individual. And then now that we know those two things, we can create these parental values. And when we create parental values, now we have all the pieces together that we can use, not just for you as an individual. Now you're modeling that for your child, but your child can pick up on it. We started with this conversation, right? That what we do, our kids pick up on. So this is essential component to it. And then we end up with this, this manual, this kind of, I, I picture it like a bowling alley. You know, you have these bumpers, on it. So you kind of have some guides, but listen, if I were to give you a list of rules of how to raise kids, the first second you went to implement them, your kid would throw you off. They're really good with that. They'll do something that's outside the rule book, right? So we can't create rules. We create these guides and you can kind of work your way through those bumpers and kind of keep yourself on the path as you go along. And so that that's the process. Generally, it takes about three months, I would say, you know, from beginning to end of working with me, maybe a little bit longer, depending on what we're working on, depending on how the finding yourself as individual goes and where you are with that. Um, but it's such a valuable process. And I love watching my clients start to implement their parenting tools um, because they start to self-generate them because they're coming from a process that they're going through themselves. And so working on that team is just incredible 
to watch. I love getting the reports back. Oh, I asked my kids a question instead of making a statement to them today and their whole world changed. I realized that this is what was happening with them and not that, you know, I'm, they start to look at their kids as little brains. Like I would love them to. And what do they need to learn instead of how do I manage this behavior? And so life becomes this self-exploration process for everybody instead of this, I am in charge. I need to manage behavior. And it feels so overwhelming. And the whole household is kind of has this tension around it. That's so beautiful. And, and I always tell people, and I realize that you can't take anyone else any further than you've already, that you've done yourself. So with you working with parents, you know, it's so key so they can really be equipped to help their kids. And, yeah. and I love the whole fact that you ask questions because questions make people feel valuable. Like you yeah. value their opinion, you value it. And I think a lot of times kids don't feel like they have a voice. Right. And so, and, and parent, they just feel like they're being told what to do and they're being forced into something instead of being who they want to be. So it, they're just such small little things that make the most impact. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And, and I, I think you're right. I think there's a couple things that help with parenting. You know, one is this idea of respecting your children. Absolutely. But as a parent myself, you know, your kids, it, they're so emotional. They have, they are so connected to you biologically, you know, and emotionally that it makes it very difficult to, to parent them. They can get your emotion up really high. And this is why I tell my parents, think of your kids as little brains, think, what do they need to learn? And because that will reduce your emotion about it, which allows you to then think, okay, when this little kid is kicking and screaming on the floor and they're throwing a temper tantrum and you have to leave, you can think, if you think, what does this little brain need to learn? You'll realize, okay, we need to talk about communication or they need to work on their emotional control. If you think, how do I manage this behavior? Your, ang your anxiety will ramp up, your emotion ramps up, and you're not going to be that parent that you want to be, that we all want to be, but have trouble when we have that, that part of our brain. So the part of our brain that's emotion is called the amygdala. And I call her Amy G because she's just so emotional, you know, and when she's in charge, you know, the world better look out because there is no logical thinking in mind at all, you know, and then we have the front of our brain. I nicknamed Franny. So Franny's over here trying to calm down Amy G. Franny can't be a good parent. Franny can't think logically and help that little two-year-old. So we have to separate those things for ourselves as well. And then that's what allows us to do the things like you just said, treating our kids with respect and, and, and actually becoming interested in them and their growth and how their brain grows because our emotion can reduce. Cause now we're looking at this, like, all right, this is an interesting project. How do I build this little brain? What am I going to do about that? You know? And that is totally different perspective. Wow. I wish I had had you when my kids were. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. We have, a, we have a big team. We've got dream teams we need to put together for raising kids. Let me tell you. And, and what I want to encourage parents to know that this is, this is not an easy process mm -hmm. to raise children. Mm -hmm. Do not put guilt and shame and judgment on yourself. Know that there are people out there who are trained at this and it's amazing. And they, you can, you can get their help. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I get help. I still get help. So because my kids are my own, my emotion is heightened when I raise them. So I still ask for help. You know, I have tons of years of study and training. I work with lots of different parents. I have the benefit of their experience also. And I still 
need help. You always need that, what I call that dream team. You always need somebody to start to bounce ideas off of because you will get very emotional and very connected. The benefit I have is I get to help my clients have some objectivity because I am not you know, in it with the way that they are. I need that too. So everybody needs that kind of help. Yeah. And the coach, the coach always needs a coach. So yes, exactly. What is one piece of encouragement or advice that you would love to share with our audience? Somebody, if, especially with someone that might be struggling right now in their life. So, um, I would say the struggle, you know, that conflict, I would say conflict breeds change. So, don't shy away too much from that conflict. You know, have these honest conversations with yourself. It may get uncomfortable, you know, but embrace that discomfort a little bit. Um, and if you're worried about doing that on your own, embrace it with someone so that you can really find out who you are and who you want to be. Use this time as a teachable moment for yourself. Get that that point where you can figure out who you actually are and what's important to you. I did this process myself recently. You know, I just wrote a book using this time because when I do a lot of schoolwork and a lot of parent work and that whole, whole thing shut down during COVID. And so there was all of this open time in some ways. And then emotionally raising my children and trying to figure out what they needed. It was overwhelming there too. So I had to go through a bunch of this process to figure out exactly what was important to me and how I wanted to give back to the world. So conflict breeds change, kind of let yourself sit in it. It may be uncomfortable, but think about when you have that difficult conversation with your friends, you know, your best friend, you're mad at them and you push through and you have that conversation. And then your relationship is much deeper and more meaningful after that. If you have that honest conversation with yourself, you're going to find that as well. So my, my suggestion would be don't run away from the conflict, go head first into it and, and come out the other side. No, that's beautiful. Well, and tell me, I see you, you wrote a book. What's the name of it? Yes, Raising Brains. I know that's so off, off for me, but it's called Raising Brains. And it's, it's about this process of being able to really grab your little brain and go on this step-by-step -step process of creating your own kind of version of your parent manual um, and focusing on how you can optimize your child's brain health and wellness and build their skills in the way that we all um, really want for our kids, help our kids be successful. Okay. So how can people find you and how can they find your book? Yes. So, um, the book will be out on presale, um, probably in, uh, I would say April. And then after that, it will be available. So I would say, go to my website. It's www.brainbehaviorbridge.com. Um, and you can get on the mailing list to find that out. And then also you can email me, of course, at Dr. Allen, D-R-A-L-L-E-N at brainbehaviorbridge.com. That's wonderful. And I want everybody to know in the audience, wherever I post this, post it in the podcast, post it in, so on social media, I will always put in the comments how you can get in touch with Dr. Allen, um, with Sarah and that way you'll have, or you can just DM me and ask me, I'll get you whatever you need. Uh, but Sarah, are there any other projects that you're working on right now or anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we close? Yeah. So I do, uh, individual parent coaching of course, as well, but, uh, I'm just about to open up spots for, um, for a six week course, um, for my, I call it kind of a parent boot camp. Um, to, to highlight some of these things and really help parents um, be able to grab some of these brain tricks um, and use them and apply them to their lives every day and the lives of their children. So that's a new thing for me. So you can look at my website for more information on that. 
Um, and I'm just really excited to get the book out and get these uh, court, this course out uh, and really be able to reach more people. So um, if anybody needs anything or they, they're looking for some resources, please feel free to reach out. Dr. Allen, thank you so much. It's so fun talking to you because you make talking about the brain so fun and not so complicated. Uh, well, it's fun for me. I can't help it. I get all giddy. I get all excited when I talk about it. And I love talking to you too, Honor. It's great. <laughs> you have such a beautiful way of, of just explaining everything. So I really appreciate it. Anybody who's interested, please go to Brain Behavior Bridge. Don't say that 10 times quickly. That's a tongue twister, <laughs> no, but it's beautiful. And um, I really look forward for our paths to cross again and to collaborate with you because you um, have so much knowledge and I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing with our audience. And oh. I, um, I can't wait till we, we, we see each other again. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. All right. Have a great day. Thank you.